Hello and welcome to Fly With Your Shadow. My name is Jeff Robson. I'm coming to you from my home in Winnipeg, Manitoba. This is not one of those slick, fancy, perfect sounding shows. It's just me in my basement talking to you and my guests about things that really matter to me. The two things that I'm most passionate in talking about have to be music and mental health. Both have been a major part of my life for as long as I can remember. This show is my way of combining them and sharing some meaningful conversations with some really interesting people. Since I was just a kid, I've struggled with depression and anxiety, but I really, for most of my life, had no idea what it was or why I felt as bad as I did. At times, life seemed too hard and too much to bear, and I've spent way too much time wishing and planning for death because I thought I was the only one who felt the way that I did, and I had no idea that there was something that I could do about it. Since then, I've learned a lot about my conditions and the things that I need to do to keep myself safe and relatively happy. And I think that talking about these things is one of the most important things that I can do. Maybe this show eventually reaches someone who feels as sad and alone as I have, and maybe that person realizes that there's a way out of the darkness. Maybe. More likely, though, I hope that just everyone who listens will learn something and maybe will be more able to recognize the signs that you or someone in your life is struggling with a mental illness and needs help. I want to make it perfectly clear that I'm not a mental health professional. I don't profess to be any kind of expert at all. I'm just a guy who's extremely lucky to still be around to talk about these things. I try to be a good listener, and I want to support anyone who might need it. So feel free to email me at flywithyourshadow at gmail.com if you have any questions or you just want to talk. There are also links on the website at flywithyourshadow.com where you can get in touch with organizations that know how to help. The thing I'm most comfortable talking about, though, is music. Music has been a friend, a comfort, and a savior to me continually. I'm not a musician, but music has become a huge part of who I am and what keeps me going. Since 2002, I've been fortunate enough to host a show called Tell the Band to Go Home, which originates on 101.5 UMFM in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Through that show, I've met some really incredible people. I've also come to recognize that the same darkness that's followed me throughout my life is present in a lot of the musicians and music fans that I've met. Each week on the show, I'll speak to someone I admire and appreciate and think that I can learn something from. And hopefully you will too. The show isn't meant to be heavy at all. It won't always be about mental health and illness because there's so much more to life. But that darkness and those issues never truly go away for me and many others. I've learned not to try to ignore it or hope that it goes away. Instead, I take what's happened in my life and use it as a fuel to motivate me. I'm very excited that it's finally brought me here. I really hope that you'll enjoy this show. This week on the show... Yeah, I'm Leroy Stagger, and I'm a 38-year-old uh, singer-songwriter, producer, um, father, and husband. And um, I just like to—I like to make stuff. Um, I like to—I think um, one of my gifts is to like help people, um, have, you know, find some sort of healing in art and and in their own story. Um, I love, uh, I love 
connecting with people and hearing their stories and I try to you know be a storyteller as much as possible and um, but yeah I'm just a, you know I'm a human being walking the path like everybody else Leroy Stagger was one of the first and most important discoveries that I've made through Tell the Band to Go Home and through my longtime friend and supporter, Alison Green in Victoria, British Columbia. His first album, Dear Love, came out in 2003 and it grabbed me right away after Alison sent me a copy because she knew that I'd like it. And boy, did I. And it's Leroy has appeared on Tell the Band to Go Home a number of times, and we've spoken and hung out many times at festivals and shows across the country and even over in Germany for a while. It's been amazing to watch him grow from the hard-living, scrappy, arrogant, punk rock-influenced kid that I first met into a thoughtful and wise, mature singer-songwriter and family man. He's put out 11 or so albums and is preparing for the release of a new one called Dystopian Weekends. He also has a book out called Strange Path, which you can order along with his albums and some great shirts and bandanas at LeroyStagger.com. He also hosts a great radio show of his own on Alberta's CKUA network called Dirty Windshields. Enough rambling. Let's get to my interview with Leroy Stagger, which was recorded right at the end of 2020. So one thing we talk about on this show is uh, sort of how 2020 affected you. So I like I always like to start at the beginning. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, we really had no idea. So what what was your plan for 2020 coming in? <laughs> um, before the pandemic? Yeah, before we knew anything about yeah. it. Like it seemed like we oh, all okay. had visions and plans and ideas for what was going to happen. And then, you know. Yeah, I think um, so in March... Beginning of March, I was heading to Vancouver to make a record, and um, I went through the states. I decided to cut through the states. Yeah, and we well, and we decided we were going to stay with our friends in Seattle. Um, so that was like a Tuesday afternoon, and as I was rolling into Seattle, um, it was like right at rush hour when we were rolling in at like five o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Why? Why is there no traffic? Like, what's what's going on? Like, is it a holiday here or something?" So I texted my friend, and I was like, "Dude, was it a holiday? Like, what do you guys, um, you know?" And we'd kind of heard like rumors of this coronavirus thing, but like my thoughts were like, "Okay, just don't stop anywhere and like wear gloves when you touch the fuel." fuel filler thing yeah so i roll and he's like no like he's like uh no it's like pretty crazy here man like it's kind of like the this coronavirus thing i was like oh weird okay um we hadn't really hadn't really kicked in in canada yet so we crossed over we we you know stayed the night there and crossed over the border um and made this record in vancouver but the whole time it was all starting to kind of fall start the chips were starting to fall in canada right um so we were getting all these news updates on our phone as we're trying to make this record in this big black bunker of a studio you know with no natural light coming in and you're getting all these weird updates and feel seems like the world's ending outside the door um 
And so we were there for a week and it kind of gave it this weird tone on the record. Um, but then I was supposed to go to the island, Vancouver Island, for a couple of days to visit with my folks. And my wife called and, and was like, you know, I think they're going to close schools down here. So I was like, okay, well, I better rush home. And it was just like this weird feeling of, of doom as we, like, it was like Mad Max, like we raced home, made it like the fastest we'd ever made it from Vancouver to Lethbridge. And, um, so my, my plans really like before it all kind of went down were like no different than any others, I guess. Like we just toured Scandinavia for the first time in December. Um, so I was like, okay, great. There's like a whole new market to like play music in, uh, we're going to go back as soon as possible. And then we, oh yeah. And we'd been asked to go on tour with Frazee Ford over there. So it was nice. like this huge big year like planned. Um, and I was going to make this record and, uh, you know, just going to work, like do the, do the things like no, no major plans or major goals. But so then anyway, it kind of all hit and we were all locked down, um, in Lethbridge and, and it was great for the first like three months. It uh-huh. was like, really good weather. The fa- I hadn't spent that much time with my family in so long, and me and my wife were getting along. Uh, me and the kids were having a great time. We were outside a lot, and it was really, the, like I said, the weather was really good. We were doing all this gardening, growing vegetables, um, you know, making bread, all the, all the stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that everyone, um, and it was really great. Um, and then all of a sudden, we like it started to set in that like we couldn't see our our friends we couldn't see our our my in-laws and uh, i was like oh this is not i don't know like i'd kind of thought about moving back to the coast um for a while like it'd been in the back of my mind for the last five or six years oh yeah and it was like it took the pandemic to just me to go like what am i doing you know you only you, you only get one life now's the time so we literally wow. you know we we packed up our lives of of 10 15 years and and our kids and and all of our stuff and the dream studio that i'd built and moved back home to victoria and so that that wouldn't have happened you don't think if if the year had unfolded as planned i don't no i don't think so wow. yeah i think i think it took the the um it took all of this for my wife to kind of put it in perspective. Um, and you know, there's nothing, nothing wrong with Lethbridge. Uh, it's just, it's a certain lifestyle and it, it, we just outgrown it. Um, or we'd also almost like never fell into it, you know, because I travel so much that I could go to places like New York city and get my cultural fix. And, um, um, but the recreation for us just wasn't cutting it. And, uh, and, and yeah. And then, so she's, yeah, she's changed her, her tune. She's happy to be on the coast here. And, and, um, yeah, it definitely wouldn't have happened. I mean, it probably would have happened in the, in the next few years or something maybe, Yeah, but definitely not this year was not the plan. Uh, your kids are pretty young. They were like, they're not in school or anything yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, almost eight and almost five. Oh, so really? Grade two, gra- yeah. Grade two and going into kindergarten. So yeah, it was weird for them to like, l- you know, leave their friends and stuff, but it was kind of the perfect time to do it. So, yeah. So yeah. From a career perspective, you had, you had established yourself, you pretty set up there. You had a beautiful studio that, uh, that 
like you said, your dream studio and you had a bunch of people yeah. coming to record at your house and you were able to, able to get to a whole bunch of spots from, from Lethbridge. It's, it seems like a fairly good place to, to tour off of, you know, as far as there's lots of great gigs in, in Alberta and you can get into the States fairly easily and stuff. Um, yes and no. I felt like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, yes and no. I felt like it had kind of hit, it had done what I needed it to do and then I needed to get to the next thing. I needed a new adventure. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Like, you know, as you, you guys know in Winnipeg, it's like the winters, the prairie winters are just, yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a different kind of lockdown, isn't it? It's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's... I, I never liked traveling in the winter on those roads. And, and so I, I just, yeah, I, I was over that anyway. So. Oh Yeah. Yeah, and I'm also like to you know to get anywhere. It's like it's a five hour round trip to the airport on on a with a car because uh, the flights out of Lethbridge were so unreliable that right. it wasn't really an option. Right. So you know you're looking at yeah you're looking at five hours of travel time added on, and then if you want to go anywhere in the winter, it's just you're gambling with really bad roads and yeah. So it was just kind of it was one of those weird things where I was like yeah you know it's like let's see what's next you know. Yeah, and plus we'd been touring a lot up the west coast of the United States, and and um, you know our following was starting to build up out, out west here in Canada too, which was, um, you know, encouraging. Uh huh. So where are you at with with your uh, status as far as your music career? Because it seems like it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of been on a on an interesting uh, roller coaster. Like you know, when you were young, you were like. It seemed like you you wanted to take on the world. You wanted to make great records and sell lots of them and tour all the time and whatever. And then you became a family yeah. man, and I feel like you kind of maybe didn't didn't count on the music career quite as much, or or put it in a different kind of perspective. Yeah, it's funny you that you mentioned that. I wrote it. I wrote this in my journal this morning. Actually, um, I saw some footage of uh, my side project, Easton Stagger Phillips, from. Ireland and I mean I guess it was probably 10 years ago at least and we were so young and fresh fresh faced um but I was looking at myself and like kind of with this lens that was like oh I was I had such a different what I wrote down was rock star ambition <laughs> and and then now it's almost like this trades like I'm a tradesman that doubt like I'm a tradesman that's like magic <laughs> that's what I wrote down and what I mean by that is that I don't particularly have the rock star ambitions anymore because um well you know just f I have to make a living I have to yeah. pay the mortgage and yeah. put food on the table and um and that you know so it's like that that's first and foremost but at the same time i'm also a performer and an artist right. so ma the marrying of the two is really important to me cuz i want to be able to be consistent and part of being able to make a living doing this is is that consistency of like doing good work not yeah. necessarily like the same thing over and over again but like consistently i want to be able to put on a great show and make people leave a sh one of my shows um, feeling like they'd seen they've seen something special. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. So, yeah. but yeah, that's it's kind of like less. That's what I wrote like rock star ambition back then, and now it's like a, a like a magic tradesman. <laughs> huh. 
So, uh, obviously, you know, your, your life depends on a certain amount of all those different things in order for you to survive financially. Like you probably, you had these tours lined up and, and I would imagine that you're, you're probably making most of your money at those shows these days. Is, is that fair to say? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a big part of it. Um, it's interesting because yeah, I'm making the most amount of money on the road, but I'm also spending the most amount yeah. of money on the road. Yeah. So it's kind of like evens itself out in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I, I'm somebody who I just like diversity in, in a career. I don't like to be doing the same thing over and over again. I don't right. like to be on the road all the time. I don't like to be in the studio all the time. So I try to mix it up as much as possible. Um, so I, I'm lucky enough that I've, you know, somehow gotten a stream of income of royalties enough to kind of, you know, pay, pay the, pay the mortgage with royalties. And then anything else has always kind of been the cream on the crop, right? uh, cream on top rather. Um, so, you know, it's been like a year of like trying, like learning how to be a bit more austere with our finances. Um, but also to like make investments in, like we're building the new studio right now and that's expensive to yeah. build and, and do all that stuff. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it can continue. I couldn't continue without working for, you know, I can maybe squeak out another six months or eight months or a year if I had to. Um, and I was working, uh, uh, part-time at the record store for an old friend that I used to work at when I was a kid. And that was great. But I realized that, you know, this is awesome, but, uh, this is taken away from the artist in me, which is, is my, is my career path. You know, like, let's face it. I'm a 38 year old man. I've been doing this for long enough now that this is my career. Um, even though I still have those moments of like, Oh, what am I doing? Like, why don't you go get a real job, like an adult (laughs) job? Um, but then anytime I do, I'm just like, well, no, this is like, this doesn't feel right to me, you know? Yeah. And I'm not making as much money. Yeah. So I've, I don't know. I've just, I've been really lucky, Jeff. And you, you, I mean, you know that I've just been really, really lucky and I'm grateful, uh, now more than ever, you know, the, the luck. And I mean, also like I've worked hard at, for, for the majority of my career. I mean, there's points. I mean, you've, you've, uh, made so many records and done so much touring and stuff that, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like I've put in the work, which yeah. is is you know it, that's that's the thing. But there's always that blue collar guilt thing, right? Of, of um, well, this isn't you know this isn't a real job, and I've certainly worked enough labor intensive jobs that I know you know I know what it feels like to work for a living um, outside of music, and and I don't uh, you know I don't take that for granted that I uh, I've seemed to have eked out a living. But th- that being said, too, like also the royalties and everything that all like is based around an album cycle. You know what I mean? So, um, so I still like to work. I still like to make records and I feel like my writing is getting better every record, which is, you know, that's a really nice feeling Mm -hmm. as an artist. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, yeah, I got to make records, but I also want to make if, if not like, I don't want to say better, but I also want to make like something different than the last thing I did. And I want to feel like, something is improving whether it's my singing or for me it's like the easiest thing is to like get better as a songwriter right or just write something differently and you know 
So this, uh, this new period, has it, has it forced you to reevaluate kind of who you are or any of those things? Like, uh, yeah. has it forced you to put any of those in a, in a new, a yet another new perspective? Yeah, there's been, um, yeah, absolutely. I think it's like, especially right now, the last, like moving somewhere new where, you know, I'm from here and yeah. all my family's here, but, uh, you know, I don't. I can't see my old friends and a lot of them are, have moved on to other places. So I can't make any new friends. So you have this weird like identity that lives in a vacuum. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, um, so yeah, I'm constantly uh, having to evaluate who I am and do that work more than anything right now. That's what I'm working on is this like self care work and like just because I, I was starting to spiral into this um, this darkness that was uh, a lot of negative talk in my head and um, which just kind of transpires into this like low level depression mm-hmm. um, which uh, I'm, I'm not someone who like I've never I haven't gone like deep deep depression for a long time since I quit drinking yeah. it's always this kind of like low level, um melancholy thing that uh it what it and what it does for me it manifests into this like weird um eating thing like this weird like (laughs) mind eating disorder kind of thing yeah um and and this happens to me on tour so there was this like dichotomy of like loving touring but also like dreading it because i would start off strong and like i'm someone who goes out for a month at a time on the road and I could get through the first half of the month, the first few weeks, like really strong, really um, like, you know, taking care of myself. And then all of a sudden it takes like a couple bad days where all of a sudden it's just like, I I'm dark for the rest of the, the tour. And it's just like this holding pattern until I can get home and reset. So, but I was starting to like fall into that pit again here at home. And, um, kind of hit a wall with that and you know had make made a couple emergency phone calls and and talk to some people and and realize what it was and and what it is is just for me it's this thing that i call the path um that's just what the name that i've given it right and for, for me that's like this um mixture of spirituality fitness um and under this well i mean spirituality i use that as a loose word um, but for me, it's like I, I practice Buddhism, which uh, means, you know, I practice meditation within that Buddhism um, structure and and fitness, which, you know, you know about. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's running and and also um, nutrition um, and less. And that's my path. Like when I'm on on my path, when I'm I'm doing the work to like to stay on that path, that's when I feel like I'm, I hate to use that word, so I'm not going to. Um, but some people say like living your best life, which which yeah. I guess is kind of, is great. But yeah. um, that's when I feel like I'm truly uh, doing the things that are, you know, that, that, that represent me fully, you know, that represent my spirit. Um, mm. So that's, that's like my key is like, am I on my path? Sometimes you got to get off of it to like see it, you know, to like have that, to look at it. 
and uh, and that's normal. I think that's like very normal um, to like to fall off and veer off and and do those things. And sometimes that like you know creates puts things in perspective. And as an artist, yeah. um, I need that perspective too, right? I need to feel that darkness. Um, one of the the therapists that I that I've been talking to for years, um, really great guy. The first when I went to him was because um, I couldn't get on an airplane uh, to go do three nights, three or four nights, four nights in Chicago with Los Lobos, and I couldn't get on the plane. And um, I thought, well, that's that's it. You know, I've just shot my career in the foot. Um, well, and I didn't I didn't like that feeling, so I went to him and I was like, okay, here's what's here's my issues. Like, cure me. <laughs> and he just and he just laughed and was like no and i was like what do you mean what am fuck what am i paying you for you know and he's like this is something that's always going to be with you this is a part of you this darkness and this this fear he's like i don't think it's ever going to leave so he's like you might as well learn how to live with it yeah and since then it's been you know part of my journey and part of my path to like to look at that 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 darkness or whatever you want to call it i mean i think i i I think in a lot of my music i write in terms of light and dark and so i guess it is this darkness um that i've learned that's like that's a part of who i am yeah and and the tools that i have now through meditation and buddhism and and all that self-work is like i can i can live with it i know how to talk to it i know what it is and i know how to to deal with it when it arises and, and, and now it doesn't hang around as quick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's been, uh, been a real, a real gift, you know? So yeah, there's been a lot, your question was, you know, have, have I had to like, have I had this uh, crisis of identity? And absolutely. I mean, that happens all the time, Yeah. but especially now where it's like, I'm, I've realized like I've, I'm so tied to my career and this name of, you know, this Leroy Stagger name um, that I've forgotten who I truly am. Yeah. You know, and I'm not just a performer and I'm not just an artist and a producer. And and that's just part of what I do, like my true essence. And, and I, I'm still figuring out what that is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like there's other things that I have to offer outside of music. Um, and I'm just, yeah, looking constantly trying to figure out pieces of that puzzle. Right. Now going back to that that path a little bit, I was I, I've been revisiting your book uh, "Strange Path," which you you put out what a year or so ago. Yeah, something like that. Um, and in it, you're 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 very honest and open about uh, you know some of the things that you've you've been through in your life, and uh, you you had a lot of not necessarily the easiest time growing up, and and I suspect that sure. like me, some of those early hardships and some of the things that we've seen and been through led you to some pretty scary places in your life. Is, is that, is that fair to say that, uh, you know, this guy who's, who's found the balance and found the way to, to, to live a good life has yeah. not, hasn't always been around. Yeah. And it's still not, you know, it's still not like that every day. Um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Growing up in an abusive household, um, in my formative years, uh, I don't know. I don't like to like sit, on I, I some days like i kind of need those those labels to just kind of understand 
what I'm going through a little bit more. Yeah. But I also don't like to like have to label myself as something or, you know, PTSD or, or whatever. But there's but I guess the science behind it also helps to like know how to heal from it. Yeah. Um but yeah, like I, you know, I I got sober at twenty five because I realized really quickly that uh continuing on the path that I was on, I would, you know, probably be dead or at the very best case scenario, have a very poor quality of life. Um, you know, yeah, f- not not too far down the road. So I I don't know. I've always had this awareness of of uh, somewhat awareness of self to know when I just was too far gone down the wrong way to know like okay, I need to do something, and also just like whatever magic or divinity whatever you believe in i've also had like these moments in my life where that have shown up at the right time to 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 get to get myself better you know right. met people like literally at the exact moment um you know i was just when i was really really dark i just happened to be on this like tour in in Alaska of all places like for the first time ever and happened to be on tour with people that were going to an AA meeting and I'd never I was just like oh I'm coming <laughs> you know yeah. and it was just like I didn't I didn't even like have a choice I didn't even think about it as soon as I first heard that's where they were going and they were reluctant to even tell me where they were going but as soon as they said said that I was like I I think I'm I'm going to come and because I was already ready, you know what I mean? Like I had right. I had gotten myself sober for a month, uh, a few months before that. And that was like, it was just hell. But doing like doing the work after that and like, ta- you know, doing therapy after that, you realize like the alcoholism is just, it's a, it was a, a symptom of, of this like, pain childhood pain and trauma mm-hmm. that i'd never even dealt with or even come close to understanding um so as soon as i started dealing with that it just was so much so much easier and you don't want to like you know i don't want to say i don't want to be like a bitter person of like oh this happened to me when i was a kid and like you know damn all those people that did that to me or or whatever um because that's just like part of it, you know what I mean? Well, it's absolutely. like it's part of And that's that's yeah. that's what this show is 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 all about. It's about taking, you know, the the negative stuff that we carry around whether we brought it ourselves or somebody gave it to yeah. us and uh-huh. not letting it hold you back anymore, not ignoring it because yeah. I don't I don't think we like you and I I don't think we can ever we can ever be cured of that that darkness. That no. stuff's always going to yeah. be there. We always kind of have to keep it in check and we always have to know what we have to do to keep ourselves healthy. And I think that once you know that and you accept that it's, it's never going to go away. Sure. If you use that kind of as part of who you are, you can be sort of yeah. better for it. Yeah. And let's face it. I mean, I've made a living <laughs> exploiting that part of my personality, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. like, and, and you've made a lifestyle out of it too. You know what I mean? It's like, you love that music and, and the, the part and you take part in that and right. that's your community. Um, but we also have seen the people that haven't gotten out of that, you know, exactly, and, yeah. and it just breaks my heart and it breaks my heart even more to like when I lose my, lose my friends, you know, to that, 
to that stuff when I know that there's like an option, yeah, um, a way out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like it's it's like it's a ton of work. It's a ton of like painful, painful work, but also like this joyful work and this, these breakthroughs and and all that stuff that like doesn't ever end. It's just like constantly you have to do it for, for life. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. it's easy to sometimes like rest on your laurels and go like, Oh, I'm good. I'm good. And then all of a sudden it just hits you like a two by four in the face and it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Time to do the work again. You know? <laughs> yeah. You can't ever, you can't ever kind of forget about it and, and think that you're cured or think that, uh, you know, you're, you're past everything now because it has a way of, yeah. Has a way and it's of good to like talk about there. it. Well, exactly. Yeah, and that's, it's good yeah. to talk about it. That's kind of. I think it's like really helpful. Here. I mean, you know, like there's that whole fellowship of of AA and and you know, say what you want about a twelve step program. Like, I understand the um, the you know the hesitation towards it, but also I also have seen um, I, I've seen it work time yeah. and, and it worked for me and and because i didn't think about it too much i just thought you know what i'm i'm sick and i need to like do this and and i'm con i'm convinced that doing the 12 steps were really really important to to me finding my path and um you know the the thing about spirituality and especially like buddhism it talks a lot about the ego the e egoic nature of of oneself and i found that the 12 steps basically obliterated that ego and and i'm sure you saw it w with me and back in the day it was like my ego was pretty good i had a pretty pretty big one <laughs> um and and it wasn't healthy because it wasn't my true self i was like living this like mirror image of what i thought a person like a rock star kid mm -hmm. fucked up kid should have been you know what i mean yeah so but I realized, like, that's not my true nature. And so, like, obliterating that ego in the 12 steps was, like, really important for me. And I, I think, like, a lot of people, they don't think that that should happen, which I, it's fine. Like, that's okay. Yeah. You know, if you don't think that, if you think you need your ego to survive, then that's that's your own prerogative. But for me, it was like, I had to, I mean, we all have some sort of ego, I guess, in the world that we're living in and, you know, under capitalism and all that. And, and uh and this idea of self so like i have enough that i built it back up to a healthy spot but um but that uh, yeah so the the whole 12 step thing was like was really imperative for my journey and i'm not somebody who like preaches it or lives i don't even really live by it as much as i i used to um but just to do those to do those 12 steps was like really important to me for to heal yeah, and I mean, there's so many ways that people can find to to better their lives. I mean, the the twelve step program doesn't necessarily work for one person, but it uh, yeah the fact that it worked for you and has worked for so many other people is uh, is great. I mean, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I I never really it's had true. addictions. Whatever gets you there, uh, I right? Was, I was grew up with uh, with uh, I'd seen what addictions can do to my family, uh, so I've always been terrified of drugs and alcohol. So I've always tried to stay away, but. But uh, I learned about this this group called Emotions Anonymous, and I thought that was mm -hmm. that was for me. But uh, I went there, and I had I had trouble with like the first step where you have to admit that you're powerless and turn your life over to a higher <laughs> power. And I was like, well, yeah, what? How can I be powerless? If I'm powerless, then what am I doing here? So <laughs> for me, well, it's interesting. But yeah, 
maybe that was the block that that kept me from going on that thing and i had to find something else but maybe that was just my that's what everybody and that's where everybody stumbles like everybody that i've met that has stumbled with with a 12-step program that's exactly where they stumble but for me it was like that neil young thing um stuck in my head the whole time the more you think the more you stink and i was just like yeah like i am not gonna overthink this i'm just gonna do what they tell like say to do and then i'll come out on the other side and and then i'll decide and it was like for me it was never this like higher power of like god for me was like i didn't i you know i had no secularism in my family or in my life per se so it was just kind of like well what you know, as a God of my understanding, which is like, I get to make that up. You know what I mean? Right. So that's why, and a lot of people just can't seem to, to get past that. And that, I think that's like fairly normal, especially if you have any sort of religious upbringing that scares a lot of people off. But for me, and no, that was like super, I was just like, okay, well, I can't, obviously cannot manage this by myself. Yeah. So I'll just give it up to whatever, whatever that is, like the mountains or or you know mother nature or whatever it was just kind of this thing of like ah i'm done i can't do this by myself so right. that that to me was obvious i lasted a month and then as soon as my plane landed in glasgow it was like game over you know yeah and so is that you're constantly working on these things to to try to make sure that you stay healthy obviously yeah yeah exactly cuz i just don't like feeling um down i like feeling good and and i also like don't like being i don't like those parts of my personality that come out when when i you know get in get into those places um i don't like how it makes me uh act around my kids or my wife or my bandmates or anything like you know or my friends so um but the you know who I, i i really don't like how it makes me act towards myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's really important to me. It's really important to me. Do, uh, how much do you worry about passing some of this stuff on to your kids? I mean, I I worry about this all the time. All the all the you know negative thoughts and things that go through my head. I I don't want my kid to have to deal with that. But at the same time, well, I, I guess get it's so of much it, of right? what what has brought me here, and and I think I've learned a lot about it that. Maybe it's maybe it's not as scary as maybe I initially had thought. Well, the difference is is that we're able to like talk to our kids about it. Yeah, you know, where like that Nobody wasn't discussed. Us, right? No, and that's the worst part. Yeah. Um. You know, child psychology basically states that if you get mad at your kid and you scare them, um, but don't explain to them what happened and apologize after. That's where the damage is caused. Right. If you explain to them what happened and that you lost control of your emotions and that you're really sorry, th- that's like a parent. Like that's I don't know. Child psychology one on one says like that's that's okay. They're gonna be all right. Yeah. But if you if you leave them wondering what they've done wrong or they're stuck in their head for you know all the time going, why is dad yelling at me again? Or why is mom, you know, why did mom hit me? Or, and then, and then not understand where any of that comes from. That's like, that's the problem. That's where the trauma starts to lie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, I just feel like, yeah, I'm sure my kids will like inherit some sort of 
you know, things in their DNA that are not going to be optimal, but uh, my kids are going to be told that their parents love them all the yeah. time, which was just, you know, not, not part of <laughs> my, my childhood. And I'm guessing yours as well, you know, yeah. and just, um, so I think it's like, they're just so much farther ahead than yeah. we were. Yeah, for sure. Uh, get, getting back to the career a little bit, um, looking at, looking at the future. So you've got this record, you're building this new studio. What, uh, what do you, what do you hope things are going to look like for you? Oh yeah. Going forward? Well, that's where I start. That's where I always get into trouble, right? Is when I start to think about the future, um, and have these expectations of how it should yeah. be. Um, honestly, it's just a day by day process of, of, uh, of, 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 you know, seeing what happens. Like I have no idea what, I don't want it to go back to normal, to be honest. I yeah. don't want, I don't want it to go back to what it was before. Um, uh, a big thing for me is realized what I don't want in my career. And, um, a lot of that just has to do with places I go. Um, there's a lot of places I just, I don't think I'm going to go back to, uh, like Winnipeg, for example. <laughs> That's a tough one because I have so much love for that city and see your, seeing my friends there. Um, you know, maybe Chris Freyer will, uh, have some mercy on me at, uh, at some point. He's always so nice to me when I see him at these festivals. So maybe he'll book me again. Um, but yeah, there's just like, you know, I just don't want to go out for weeks on end. I just want to go places that I really enjoy being and where people want me and will come to my shows. And like I said, it's like half of my touring career was subsidizing the half that was losing money. So if I can right. just forget, forego the like money losing places um, that I, you know, it's one thing to like go to New York city and lose money. That's like fun. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just like been really put things in perspective because I like hanging out with my kids and I like being here for, for them. So, um, you know, as far as the studio goes, like I don't want to have to take a bunch of work that I don't want to do. Yeah. So, uh, I've gotten pretty good about that in the last couple of years anyway. So I'm going to be, you know, particular about what I take and, and, um, I don't mind if like if the people are really lovely and not difficult to work with. I don't mind if the music's like not, you know, top yeah. notch. Yeah. Um and I I don't, definitely don't mind like helping people to like make their music get better, but you know, I've made I've made some records in the past where I I, I just needed to pay up some bills, yeah. so I took them on and it was just like banging your head against a wall. So I, you know, just I don't want to do that anymore. And, and I, that's one thing that I've definitely um, decided, you know, during 2020 is just how I tour and, and the work that I do um, has to be meaningful and has to be uh, worthy of my time and, and the people that I'm work that I work with time. And, and uh, you know, I just, that's it. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't even know if there's going to be venues well, by yeah, the time we start thing, or start like, playing again. Yeah. I don't know if like the touring circuit's going to be so clogged up. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm lucky. I just, I'm in that weird like middle ground of like, I'm able to play uh, smaller places that, you know, I could go play a hall. I, I don't need to go play in a bar. I can go play in a hall or... Yeah. Um, like a community hall or something, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm always going to be able to get creative and and I'm not so big that 
um, that I, that, you know, I can, I can do those things and, and it's meaningful and worthwhile. And yeah, I guess, uh, there's no, there's no way for us to control what's, what's out there when it happens or what it, what it looks like. So we just have to. No, you know, we're really lucky to be, you know, to live in, we're really lucky to live in Canada. For sure. Um, you know, say what you want about the federal government, but the people that can't work, they've taken care of us as best as they can. Yeah. And you look at other countries and it's just not even, not even close, you yeah. know? Yeah. I'm somebody who likes to work. I don't want to be reliant on um, the government, but at the same time, like, I'm just grateful grateful that i have that fallback uh it's there if i need it right so when does the record come out do do we have a a release date (laughs) and all that stuff or um it was supposed to come out february 18th or 15th i think um and it was it was literally at manufacturing for vinyl and cds and then i had a panic (laughs) and decided i didn't like the mix and pulled it um and it's being remixed right now so um it shouldn't be too much longer uh you know i'm thinking probably february for cd and maybe march april for vinyl um which is at this point it's like well i don't think i'll be touring by then anyway so it doesn't really matter yeah um but yeah no like it's a cool it's a cool record it's very different than anything i've done um i don't know if you've heard any of it you might have heard a little bit of it well, a few songs, um, yeah. You've uh, yeah, you've gotten a few things out. Yeah, so so um, I mean, you know, it's hard for me to like speak on it yeah. versus my other stuff, but I feel like the songwriting's really strong. Yeah. It's different enough. Um, it's also like, uh, you know, I de- definitely wanted to like pay tribute to some of the music that I love that I haven't really touched on in a long time, namely like the more s- s- like somewhat country singer songwritery thing right. um you know i referenced a little bit of uh like 60s and 70s chris christopherson and the birds and stuff like that too um so i just felt like it was time like i i felt like the last two records uh not counting me in the mountain were um i definitely didn't didn't like sacrifice uh quality but it was more uh like more of like a wider net you know like mm-hmm. more uh, mainstream, I guess, yep. um, production wise and songwriting wise. And, and, um, this one, I was just like, ah, I was so burnt out. Um, I love my band, but, uh, we all needed a break. So I went and worked with some other guys mm-hmm. and just kind of made a record that I liked, you know, mm-hmm. that I would want to listen to. And so you're putting it out yourself this time? Uh, yeah, I think so. So my manager, um, Kate, she has a record label called Tonic Records. Um, and she puts out like Harpoonist and the Axe Murderer records. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah. So, so it'll probably come out through, through Tonic and, and my thing. But yeah, my record deal with, uh, True North, um, I fulfilled the, the deal there and, um, di- you know, didn't, didn't get re- renewed as yeah. far as I know. So, yeah. <laughs> which is fine you know it's nice to like feel like in control of your art again not that i i mean i loved working with them there was no no qualms there at at all so excellent yeah well it sounds like uh sounds like good things are to come that's uh that's good yeah i mean things are to come you know i don't know if they're good or what it's just (laughs) one like i said you just put put one foot in front of the other and and follow the path you know and and uh 
Yeah, so we're just all, it's all in it, you know. It's a, the one beautiful thing that this whole year has kind of shown is like who are the really important people in in the in the in our, in our society and it's like it's you know yes art and and it's valuable but like the whole um you know stardom thing or like that that thing is like so worthless yeah as soon as the rubber hits the road you know what i mean yeah it's like i just have so much more i have so much respect for doctors and nurses and frontline workers and grocery store workers and truck drivers um than I do for, you know, a star or something, you know, like I think yeah. that work is, is, is important as well. Yeah. But like to like put them on a different level is just so it's, I, that's the one thing for me that I really appreciate it puts so much in perspective, you know? Yeah. old feeling doesn't matter where you've been. It don't discriminate religion. Or the color of your skin. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Leroy Stagger almost as much as I did. The music you heard on the show today is from the song The Mountain from Leroy's record, Me and the Mountain. And it's used with permission from Leroy, which we really appreciate. I also threw in a quick little clip of Worn Out Welcome Home from Dear Love. Again, you can check out his music, his book, and his life at LeroyStagger.com or follow him on social media. You can also buy digital downloads and merchandise on Bandcamp. A great way to support him is on Patreon, where he has one of the most active and interesting communities that I've seen. So check out patreon.com slash Leroy Stagger. Fly With Your Shadow is a show that will always be free. You'll never hear annoying ads. I'm never going to ask you to send me money. There's no Patreon page for this show. This is a labor of love designed to be accessible and free to everyone. I do, however, hope you'll support the artists and venues and people that mean a lot to me because they've given so much to me and I'd love to give something back. If you do want to support the show and our efforts, the best thing you can do besides listening again next week uh, is to spread the word. Tell a friend or two to tune in. Share this episode with someone who might find it interesting. Follow us on social media at Fly With Your Shadow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and we'll keep you posted on new episodes and new information. If you're so inclined, taking a moment to review the show on your favorite podcast provider, Apple Music or Google Podcasts or wherever you got us, that would really help us to spread the word and get the message out. I'd love to hear from you anytime with questions, comments, concerns. If you want to talk, anytime, flywithyourshadow at gmail.com. I'd really love to hear any feedback that you might have, and I hope that you'll join me again next week for another great conversation here on Fly With Your Shadow. Fly with your shadow.